Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash style. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rating hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash style, as in peristyle. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-T-Y-L-E, ZipRecruiter.com slash style. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Sunday, we're going to talk some... USC Trojan football, because that's what we do every week, every day almost, here on the Peristyle Podcast. So we want to talk to you about the USC win in the desert, getting a key Pac-12 South victory over Arizona 24-20 with the coach Harvey Hyde. We got the coach on the line. If you have any questions or comments, and you guys sent in a lot already, it's only it's not even been uh, 12 hours or so since the end of the game. Podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or you can call or text at 424-254-9141. You can uh, follow Coach uh, on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow me uh, on Twitter at Inside Troy. And if you want to download the show, we're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, all that stuff. Just search for Peristyle Podcast, and we should be there. All right, let's jump in with the coach. What's up, Coach? How you doing? Everything's great. Uh, it's a Sunday, and, uh, well, I thought it was almost Sunday when the game was over with, all right? But uh, it is Sunday, and the Trojans get a win, uh, a win that uh, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of questions about, 24-20. Got outscored in the second half, uh, and uh, I just don't think they know how to finish. But uh, we'll talk about that because I'm sure people will bring all of those things up. There's a few questions about that. Maybe a few fans concerned, Coach. Uh, before we jump into the questions and comments and all of that, just wanted to thank uh, Southern California Tickets. They've been great to us over the years. USC's got a bye week coming up, but if you want to get tickets to the Colorado game, you can go to SoCalTix.com or call them at 1-800-888-7287. They've been helping us out for many years, and they can help you out as well. Tell uh, Curtis the coach sent you. If you need tickets for that or any other kind of sporting event or a play, anything like that, Southern California tickets can help you out. All right, coach. Um, with, there's a lot to unpack from this game. I feel, I think it's just best we just jump right into the questions because all the fans, they know what's going on. They're very concerned. I, I wrote a column this morning, um, about this being a very unsatisfying win. And I, I think I asked people on Twitter last night. Uh, like you said, it was almost Sunday. It was like 1120 at night when I asked him like, Hey, give me one word 
to describe your feeling. And th- that was my, like, th- that's the one that popped in my head most unsatisfying. And our first voicemail is uh, right along those lines. So I'm going to play it for you and get your thoughts, coach. Here you go. Hi, this is JB in Irvine. I'd really like to get a question answered uh, or a topic discussed by the coach. Um, really, I know this is just another unsatisfying win, and I know a lot of people will talk about the penalties, and obviously that needs to be fixed and just, you know, terrible discipline. But I'd really like to get the uh, coach's, the coach's thoughts and have him uh, provide some insights into, you know, the issues that I see with our offensive scheme slash philosophy and why it just seems incoherent to me. Um, it seems to me you have a choice between being an air raid type offense like Washington State or you're a team that wants to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage and move the football that way and then be able to use that as a means to open up the passing game and you know why I don't why we espouse the the latter but don't seem to have an effective means of accomplishing that because we uh, have zero optionality only one run threat you know no quick hitting run threat no series of you know plays off of you know the 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 run we we don't practice you know our big package you know in full pads you know we telegraph what we're doing you know we we don't have any ability you know, to do a quarterback sneak even uh, or any, you know, quick hitting run play or, you know, a, a fake uh, to the up back and a quick pass at the tight end out of that. And anyway, just hope that the coach can provide some insights as to, you know, what his thoughts are about the problems with our offensive scheme and why it just doesn't seem to be you know, working and why it's not surprising that it's not working in my opinion. Thanks much. Appreciate it. Bye. Uh, well, thank you for your question. Uh, uh, that was a, that it was a little take, long. I felt bad, but I, I thought it was good. So I wanted to play that for you. To, no, that's good. With. That's good. I just try to try to remember all the questions. I think it's basically, <laughs> it just goes back to, you know, uh, having a plan and knowing what your plan is. I'm not quite sure if the offensive staff knows what their plan is. Uh, I've said this all along. It's almost like, oh, I think we'll do this for a while. We'll do that for a while. Uh, nothing comes off of anything else. They don't stay with anything that's working. Uh, they, 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 they just jump around. They, I mean, uh, they run the wrong offense for their quarterback, JT Daniels, and I feel so sorry for him because normally – a quarterback in that type of offense runs the football. I mean, Arizona played USC last night with ten and a half people. Ten and a half people. Poor Tate had to play. I don't know. If that would have been an SC player, he'd have never played, okay? Limping around and playing half speed and still making yards. So uh, I just think that with the type of talent they have, they've recruited the type of talent for a power type of football team. But then they don't run it. They don't run two backs. They don't utilize their tight end. They use follow on a seam route. They they don't utilize the middle of the field, so they run cover two the whole time. They never try to match up uh, a running back on a linebacker or a tight end on a linebacker or uh, A-B option, which means the back goes outside, I go inside, and you go one-on-one with a better skilled player against a guy that can't run with him. You see the Rams doing it all the time with Gurley and everybody else. 
I, I don't understand because you've got a drop back quarterback here and you're not running a drop back type of offense. Uh, uh, you know, I can't figure it out. And there's no type of counter whatsoever to hold the backside. And they know where he's going to be. He isn't running the football, so they just rear back and come after the quarterback. And the offensive line, I don't mean to be too critical, but I don't think they're using great techniques either. They don't move their feet. They don't shuffle well. They don't force the guy to the outside more. When a guy is rushing more to the outside, take a little bit of a bigger split so that it widens the cup. So the guy has to run farther to get to the quarterback. There's so many little things that I look for that are just not happening. And of course, how long have we talked about the bad snaps? How long have we talked about you know, the different type of things. Uh, without two punt blocks, uh, USC could have easily lost both of these games. Uh, field goal blocks, excuse me, field goal blocks. So, I mean, this these type of teams should not be playing with USC as far as personnel-wise, especially when you look at Arizona. I mean, uh, player-wise, they're very limited. Uh, they have a quarterback that's playing on half speed, and you make it a ball game. You don't know how to finish a football game. I mean, here you are in the second half. You're up 24-7. And instead of running the ball, running the clock out, working on things that will make you better as an offensive running team, you start throwing the ball around and nothing but bad things happen. You get sacked, fumbled, and then follow, uh, follow fumbles. That gets them right back into the game. I mean, Pound the football. Be who you are. Get the play-action pass. Utilize what they're giving you. Uh, there's none of that going on. So I hate to, you know, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I am. I'm telling you that it looks to me like it's not disciplined. The offensive line isn't performing. I think you've got great running backs, great running backs that you don't take advantage of. You've got great players, but you try to make everybody a star. And you can't make everybody a star. You can't have Daniels be a star, but he has to throw the ball so many times to have so many yards. Or so many receivers have to catch so many balls. Or the one back or three backs have to get so many yards. I, I mean, heck, Arizona State's guy carried the ball 30 times last night. Uh, who is it? Oregon State's guy carried the ball 31 times last night. I mean, they get into a rhythm. They both went over what? One went over 300 yards. One went over 250 yards. This whole type of concept is because they got a plan. And right now, I don't know what the plan is of USC's offense, and I've been saying that for three or four years. I don't see their personnel matching up to what they're doing. I mean, I really don't know. Their tight ends are nothing but pass blockers or run blockers when they block out, and they're not physical type of guys. And uh, they're not being utilized either. And, and sometimes when you watch them, their talent doesn't even look good because they don't have the practice of, of doing a lot of these things. You don't see any drags. You don't see any cross routes. Early in the game, they threw some post routes that really looked great, but then they got away from that. I mean, uh, I can't go any longer. Or I won't be able to answer any more questions. <laughs> well, that was a good coach. Uh, let's, along with the quarterback you were talking about, George at Oxenard said, I've noticed this is a text message he sent it. He said, Hey coach, I've noticed that JT has underthrown his receivers on deep passes this year, negating potential huge gains. Is this an arm strength issue, poor technique or lack of protection? Something else. Thanks coach and fight on. And I'll, I'll chime in real quick. I got a text from a former NFL scout who told me 
Sometimes JT just puts too much air under the deeper balls. So he'd like to see a little bit more zip on some of them. So he didn't think it was an arm strength issue, but the guy that I talked to, Coach, said he feels he just puts too much air under some of them. Well, he does. Sometimes he becomes a little bit too cautious. And uh, like he had a couple of guys open last night, I think one down the post was it. It was, uh, I can't remember who it was, either Pittman or somebody, and he underthrew him. And, uh, yeah, you got to be able to hit those guys in stride. You're not going to have always a big uh, open receiver. you got to be able to hit those guys. And sometimes he doesn't have confidence as far as he's going to have the time to throw some of these routes. I noticed he didn't have a chance to look around and find other receivers unless he's dodging bullets and running around. Then he starts to scan the field like Sam Darnold used to do. Then he looks for other people, but normally he's dropping back and he's trying to throw the ball as soon as he can because he doesn't have the confidence he's going to have the time, but they know exactly where he is. They run a tear, or most people call it a rollout. It's not a rollout. They run it to the short side of the field, down about the 15, 20-yard line, and the guy runs it out, and if that guy isn't open, there's no play. He throws the ball into the stands. I mean, I don't, I don't understand that and then they hurt themselves with penalties all the time and these different things it's just not in a rhythm and i think it starts from all the discipline from the very beginning as far as how you come on the field how you dress how about the interviews that go on i think they have too much uh access to the press and i know ryan you guys love interviewing these guys but marshall gets interviewed after the game last night and criticizes the officials i mean what well how can you say those type of things I mean, who allows that type of conversation, or doesn't they get? Don't they get any type of schooling on what they should say or not say? I mean, uh, all that does is make you look bad. Or you warm up before a game without a shirt on and headsets. I mean, in trunks. I mean, what what is that all about? I mean, you represent a university. I think it all starts from all of the beginnings of how you are as a team, a plan. Is the picture straight? Are you sitting in the right seat? Do you have your hat off? All the different things that are important to being disciplined in a football game. And we don't know where to start with the number of things that we can talk about. And that means you got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of problems, <laughs> Coach. Um, okay, I'll go to the next voicemail for you. Yes, my name is uh, Chris from Ohio. I just have an observation. When I was looking at all the top teams and the various conferences and college football, and the one thing that they have consistent, which USC doesn't have, I looked at the top recruiting team in the Southeastern Conference, Alabama, the top recruiting team in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Clemson in the ACC, and Oklahoma in the Big 12. What do they all have consistent that uh, USC doesn't have? They have good coaches. They have good teams. When I watch them play, they fire off the ball. They have a passion. They get after people. And when I watch USC, who is the top recruiting team in the Pac-12, I don't see any of these characteristics that these teams have. And the one thing that I always fall back on is coaching. And I like Clay Elton, good guy and all that, but I don't really care about that. I want a good coach. I want USC to be back on that level of all of those teams where they belong. Well, I think a lot of people feel that way as far as uh, liking Clay Helton. I do too. And, and as far as expecting more from the Trojans football program. And 
And I think that's when you recruit well, you should be coached well. It's like anything else. It's a combination as far as having a plan and putting your athletes in a position where you can win. And uh, if you look to Nick Saban, he won 50-something, 14 yesterday, and he was upset at the press uh, for talking about how good they look. He was worried about the second unit and how hard they didn't play because he watches the whole game and understands what it takes to win and uh, the effort you have to have. And uh, he has a staff meeting after every game, like last night when they're through. He has a staff meeting. He goes in with all his coaches, whether you like it or not, the wives wait or whoever it is. It might last an hour. It might last an hour and a half. It might last all night. But he sits in there and he tells every coach to his face what he liked, what he didn't like. And let's get that replaced, and let's hit that fixed, and uh, let's do it now. And sometimes he'll sit down and watch the whole game with them and point it out before they go home because he can't sleep well, like I couldn't sleep well when you don't do things right. So, you know, it's just a, a different approach. You don't win by accident. You win by design. Everyone's trying to win. It's not like people aren't trying to win. It's just that you've got to have capable people that know what it takes to be successful, just like I use this plan. Uh, Air Force One isn't flown by a first-time pilot that used to fly a Piper Cubs, okay? I don't want a guy to do a heart transplant on me if this is the first one. I want a guy that's done a lot of them. But I think at USC, that's the type of coaches they should have there. Guys that have done heart transplants, guys that have done certain things, accomplished things in the field of what they work in. I love Clay Helton. But again, when I watch some of the things that are happening, I start to wonder exactly what's happening as you do. And I hate to talk like this, but this is why you call in. Because I'm non-biased. I'm not a homer. I just try to tell you what bothers me during the game is the same thing that bothers you. And if other people are disagreeing with me, you watch the different game that I watched last night, okay? Whenever you get penalized, as many yards as they got penalized, and an undisciplined type of penalized, and late hits, face masks, all the stupid things, 18 for 169 yards, I don't know if I'd have a bye week. I think I'd go out and practice the entire week. And that's what I want to ask you, Ryan. What is their schedule for their bye week? This How many days are they practicing? Yeah, so... Um... So that you mentioned the penalties, 18 penalties, 169 yards. And we got an email about uh, what the practice schedule was going to be. And I'll read it to you. Uh, so today is Sunday. There's a media conference call. They said there's no practice on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, there's a regular practice at 4 p.m. Uh, Wednesday, there's a regular practice at um, 4 p.m. Then no practice Thursday, no practice Friday, no practice Saturday, no practice Sunday. And then back to the regular. So according to the schedule that they sent us in the media, there will be two days of practice over like an eight-day span, and that's it. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, I start to get ready for Colorado. I'll tell you, Colorado's October the 13th. They're 4-0, and okay? And they're in first place to Pac-12 South. And I know everybody keeps talking about how many games they've won in the Pac-12 South. I think they've won 10 in a row now, which is tremendous, believe me. But I, uh, but I, I don't know if that team deserves much time off. I mean, they need too much to work on. Our first caller said they don't have a complete package. Uh, you know, they, they get in the double tight. 
They ran that a lot, but did they do anything off of it? Do they play action pass? Do they flood zones? Do they throw back corners? Do they do drag routes? I don't know. I don't know why they, you know, what they're doing. Uh, I think a good school lesson to watch if the people watched the Notre Dame Stanford game yesterday or the Ohio State game against Penn State. That was a, those were two exciting games to watch because they both run similar offenses, but their quarterbacks are so athletic. The way they get around this new kid, Ian Book, I mean, what he's added to Notre Dame's offense, he's added to the entire team. The defense is even playing more spirit with more spirit because they know they got a chance. They're a darn good football team right now, I'm telling you. When I did my poll today, I almost put them fourth in the country. They're going to be tough, and they're going to be good. They should go undefeated the rest of the year until they play USC. We'll see what happens. So, you know, you got to be able to fit your personnel. And if you don't fit your personnel, you're really not. You're really defeating yourself. And I don't think they're fitting their personnel. Like, I don't know how many defensive questions we have. But, man, contain the quarterback. He's running up the middle. He's running to the outside. He's torn. I mean, how do you allow that? I, I just don't understand it. It never starts. If he was running like he could normally run, he might still be running. He, uh, yeah, he was a hobbled quarterback. You did not get to see this. And I, I watched them last week against Oregon State, and I thought Arizona was a lot better. They ran for 422 yards. It just seemed like they were a better team uh, than what we saw the first couple of games. But this was more like what we saw the first couple of games. It was not, this was a hobbled team. They couldn't do anything, offensive, defense, special teams. And USC just didn't put them away. So that they that was, I think that's what the problem was. This did not look like a very good Arizona team. No, I'll tell you what they did. They made them look like all Americans. On the defensive line, that one guy, junior college transfer, he was eating everybody up. He'll probably be parade all American this year. National Player of the Week. I mean, how? How can that happen against five-star players, supposedly, that are playing at USC? I don't understand it. I mean, I'd go out there. I Well, you don't want to hear me what I'm going to do, what I do. <laughs> we do. I, I agree with you. Like, they should be practicing more. And this was probably just they set the schedule in August or something. I wouldn't give a damn what the schedule is. Right, I'd yeah. tell them all. No, so, you know what? You guys don't deserve. Nobody deserves a day off. I'm including coaches. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree huh? with you. Yeah, I agree That's with you, Coach. A, it was absolutely embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for some of the performance. I really am. All right. Well, let's move on to the next question. This is a text from Ryan, but it's R-H-Y-N in Limert Park. Not sure where that is. Uh, thanks for all your hard work. I love the show. It's safe to say that Clay Heldon is who we thought he would be. He's a He is an inexperienced coach who is learning on the job. Flashes of success give him a false sense of reality, and he becomes easily complacent. It seems as though he doesn't really know what's going on, and even after we get a reality check like losses to Alabama, Ohio State, and Texas, we make very little changes. It's a disgrace that they only just recently began to install the I-formation. It seems as though we are incapable of having the type of execution or play calling like Washington State had against us last week. He's a nice guy, but that's not what this team needs. We need a disciplinarian. The facts show that he just doesn't get it, and if he is... Uh, and if he is not growing as a coach, how can you expect our kids to grow under his leadership? Do you agree, Ryan, from Limert Park? Well, you know, uh, I think uh, I agree in, in what you're saying, but I think, again, uh, 
a coach can't be asked to do the whole thing himself. He's got to have great, ex- excellent assistant coaches. And I think that that this is where a lot of it uh, has to be looked at. I mean, uh, really, uh, there's to me, it looks like it's there's a lot of confusion going on all the time on the sideline, everywhere. Confusion, confusion, plays getting in late, uh, delay of games, uh, illegal procedures. Uh, you know, and I've said all along, I don't know why they don't huddle because the plays get in there late anyway, and and everybody just stares at the sideline, and and I don't know. I it just uh, till I last night it didn't look like either team wanted to win. Yeah, uh, there was there was no <laughs> energy. Uh, USC gave him an opportunity to get fired up a little bit there at the end and had a pretty good goal line stand. I, I liked watching that and seeing that happen, and eventually. If you're offside and you have a pass interference penalty and they get to go half the distance of the goal line and they move the ball one foot and give you four more plays, eventually, you know, they're going to score. And it's the same old thing, you know, same things. People complaining about the officiating, but if you watch the play, it was pass interference. Quit talking about it. Just huddle up. You grab the guy. So, uh, you know, and they go after the same corner all the time. I mean, we got the same conversation. We've had it every week. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's not many changes that uh, have happened. No. Uh, all right, let's go. We got a, another voicemail for you. I've got a lot of people calling in, Coach, for you. Here you go. Yeah, this is Richard from Palm Springs. Uh, it is right after the SC game, after 11 o'clock at night, thanks to the Pac-12 network. Well, boys, where do we start? Uh, Clay Hilton came out with uh, his life, I guess, there. Uh, I'm just wondering, in bigger games than this, with the penalties, the stupid play calling that they had at the end, uh, again, undisciplined lines, uh, are we going to be in trouble when we go up against a really good team? And looking at Clay Hilton, he looks completely perplexed. I have to agree that some of the calls were bad, but uh, please enlighten me with the offensive line. It looks like the last two years have done nothing. They, I think they're the worst offensive line in the last 30 years. Uh, maybe I'm just frustrated because it's a late hour. Happy with the win, but uh, wow, uh, I, I'm just not sure. So uh, fill me in and tell me what you guys think. Enjoy the show very much. Thanks again. Bye. All right. Uh... Well, I hope it's nice weather out there. It should be nice weather in Palm Springs now, so you should enjoy it out there. Uh, I'll tell you what I think bothers us all the most. You don't see progress. You know, after a season gets started, you say, oh, okay, did we get better? Are we getting better? And I don't think that's happening, and I think that's what's upsetting everyone on both sides of the football, special teams, anything. I mean, you should be bringing your game. Your game should be more polished, uh, you should be at a time we don't have to hit as much, but you've got all your packages in as far as the offensive, your jumbo packages, your two-minute packages, your series, and so on. Well, we're now going into our sixth week, USC, and I don't see any packages. I mean, I'm not sure what their packages are in any down-distance situation. And uh, they had good success in running the ball off-tackle. We'll keep running it off-tackle because you can't run inside because nobody can block anybody inside, okay? So you go off tackle, you go outside, and you allow your great backs to get one-on-one, and if they can get through to the second level, hey, that's pretty tough on people to knock these guys down. Malapiai, I tell you, 
he he's 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 unbelievable. I carried him. He'd be carrying the ball a lot of times to me because he punishes you and he runs over you and card gives you a different look and so does where. I mean, you couldn't give those guys enough ball. And don't get me wrong, the receivers are great players too, but everybody can't be a star. JT Daniels can't be a star. I mean, he's good. He's a freshman. That's great, but give the kid a chance. You've got to be able to have a program that has a, a design, and everybody's a part of that program. And if they can't be a part of that program and they can't wait their turn, that's too bad. Like Williams goes in the game last night. Delvin Williams, I think that's his name. Tell me, the freshman guy, kid, good kid, going to be a great athlete. They burn a year on him. One play. Devin Williams. So he's played, yeah. I think he's played on special teams. Well, some. yeah, but this is the fifth game. Right, yeah. So there was. Yeah. Why would you burn a year on a kid like this? It could be a great receiver, a big receiver, like teams are burning this on, and you see him all over the conference. Why would you do that? Yeah, I'm not no sure. Sense. They put him in some weird spots, too. Like he, he came in, I think it was like the second series and got a. False start. It was just a, they always kind of use them in weird spots for whatever reason. I'm not sure. But what? But that, that's my thinking. You know, I'm just thinking when I'm talking. I'm kind of flashbacks. I mean, why? Why would you waste a kid's year like that when you're going to need him? Uh, so I don't know. Uh, that you're right. Uh, their their packages. Uh, it's hard to understand what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, and you got to have a plan and everything. Got to have a plan on everything, and I don't, I don't know what their plan is. Uh, this week they're practicing two days. You know, I, I don't think you'd be a nice guy all the time. I think you got to let people know where everybody stands. But like I've always said too, it's easy to be tough at the beginning and lighten up and be consistent. But you can't be easy and nice and everything and get get tough because everybody then doesn't like you. So uh, you know, you got to have your way. You got to be uh, who you are, not yeah. like. Who you want to be like, you know, and and if you try to be like someone else, then it isn't going to work. We got a we have a um, bunch of questions about making coaching changes. Like Chris wrote in asking if we saw James Franklin's press conference after the Ohio State game. He's the Penn State head coach, and uh, wondering if Clay Helton's capable of that brutal honesty. Um, we also had Ron write in say, "Hey, would Jeff Fisher be a good replacement for Clay Helton?" Uh, Ron, no, that would be terrible. Don't do that. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, a lot of stuff like that, I guess you could say people, you know, already writing, you know, the stuff, I don't think there's going to be any changes made. Uh, you know, the, the only time you would have a change made is at the end of the season. I don't, people are expecting things to happen now. Uh, I don't think anything like that. Um, we had Trojan, Trojan, the barber, right in coach. He said, uh, well, boys, we got the most disgusting win. I've ever seen. I said a lot of people comment like stuff like that, uh, coach. I don't know what your thoughts, but he said, how does USC with all this talent only squeak out a four point win against Arizona, Arizona? Are you kidding me? Sorry to say this people, but USC will lose to Colorado, Notre Dame and Utah. And hopefully we'll get a coaching staff that knows what to do with the talent we have on this team. It's like watching broke people win the lottery and don't know how to manage their money. It's excruciating to watch and I'm sick of it. Sergeant Rodney strong, AKA, uh, Trojan the Barber, but do, do you feel like this This was one of the worst like wins I remember seeing? I don't know if you feel the same way, Coach. Yeah, uh, I've had wins like that. I've had wins that I was embarrassed to come out of the locker room because I know I'm a better team than what we showed up and how we played. I'm sure I hope their coaching staff felt that way. Uh, first thing I heard is that how proud 
everyone was on how hard they played and what a great game it was. And I say, I don't know if he's at the same game I was, but you know, uh, maybe that's what they consider playing hard. I don't know. Maybe the players are overrated. Maybe we expect more than what, what we're seeing. Maybe it's everything, but no, it's not. It's not because if you look at the record and you look of who they've been able to beat and how they're beating people, they're still finding a way to win uh, in their conference and uh, stake by. So they have better players. It's just making sure that these players understand their role in the program. And I'm not sure the players aren't running the program. I'm not sure who's running the program as far as uh, the discipline as far as the penalties and the play calling and the this and the that and trying to appease everybody that they touched the football so many times and everybody has stats and this and that. I mean, who cares about stats? That's what Jeff Franklin said. I don't know how many people missed his press conference last night, but that's my type of guy. Just got beat by Ohio State by one point, and he says, hey, we're a great football program here at Penn State, but we haven't reached the elite. We're going to find a way to become an elite football program. All these stats you have in front of me, I couldn't care less about these stats. How do we become a better football program where we win these type of games and we go to the playoffs? That's all he cared about. And his kids played their butt off, but he wasn't happy about it. And that's the type of attitude you have to have coming into the locker room and going into your coaching staff meetings as far as demanding excellence in every single thing you do. And I think that sometimes people just don't know how to do that or how to, how to manage a program with that type of attitude. But that's why he's successful at Vanderbilt. Now at Penn State, in a situation he went there, it was a difficult situation, as Vanderbilt was. Because some guys have a plan. Some guys know what they are and who they are. And their team plays with their personality. As far as their personality is, hey, there's no nonsense around here, guys. And they understand that and they play with that type of attitude. So, you know, Al, yeah, and everybody's going to say USC beat Penn State. I know they did. But the point of it is, and that's why I just said, they have athletes to be able to beat teams like that. So you've got to be able to put them in the right position. And the kids have got to know who runs the program. And I, I'm not quite sure they know that. All right. Let's, uh, we got one last voicemail and then we'll do some, a few more emails. Here you go. Hello, Don Autry. I'm up in California. And this question is for Coach Hyde. Coach Hyde, how are you doing? I hope you're doing well. Anyway, Coach, the last time I checked, there were four quarters in a football game. To me, it seemed like the offense and defense only played two quarters. I guess... The problem was that USC wasn't used to being ahead by 24 points. Coach Helton needs to tell the team they have to play four quarters and can't take time off because you have a 24 to nothing lead. And all the penalties, unbelievable. USC played a very undisciplined game this evening. And if that continues, they won't have very many W's in the win and loss column. Well, Don, it's nice to hear from you. Great football player from Southern California. Great athlete. Uh, 
Don, uh, you've been around football a long time, and you know you played on a team that had a lot of stars. You played on a team that won a lot of games. And you know that you've got to be a team uh, all the way around. Everybody's got to share in the love. And if one guy's getting all the love, then that's the way it's got to go. And uh, I'm not quite sure they have that uh, philosophy. I'm not quite sure that they're really tough. I've said that I think they're soft on both sides of the ball, okay? Uh, uh they, you know, they, uh, they're always complaining too about penalties or things and that. And, and the penalties that they do, what are you complaining about? You outright did them. I mean, you can see the holding with the offensive linemen. They, there was either other holes they didn't call. And the same with the other teams. So, you know, everybody had their share of it, but you've got to be disciplined enough not to have those things because. It's like termites. If you have holding and you have penalties and you drop passes, you're not running the right offense, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, and you're getting this happen and that happen. Well, it's, it eats the whole building down. There's nothing left. So you got to sort of clean it up and, and understand that when I tell you to line up over here and I want you to run that play, that you run that play, and if you don't run it there, you run it 100 times in a row until it works, even telling the defense what play it is. And I don't know if they have that philosophy or mentality to do that uh, uh and it's not beating the kids it's not treating the kids wrong you're really trying to teach the kids the discipline and the, what it takes for life to be successful and that's get it done uh, don't be denied you've got to have the will to be successful and everybody's depending on your block or your effort or whatever it might be. So, you know, it's just all part of it, and I know we're all, uh, you people especially, this is more or less therapy. I used to do a show on Sunday morning when everybody would call in and want to ask questions, and, and this is really good for all of us because it has a chance to express our feelings as far as how we see it and uh, expect more. And I think when you are in a position to expect more when you win, that means you really think you have the potential to be really good. Some players and some coaches don't have that type of opportunity, but at USC you do. And I think there's, uh, you know, like last week, and I hate to jump around. I read in the Times an article where Coach Helton was saying he meets with Lynn Swan every Monday, and Lynn's so nice, and Lynn wants to talk to him, and and he, he gives me so much help. I mean, what are you wasting time talking to him about? I mean, if Lynn wants to coach the team, tell him here. Here's the, here's the whistle. I mean, I, yeah, he's my boss, and I guess I got to go in there. But, but hey, I got to get some things done. You, if you have a problem, then call me in and tell me. If I don't win, get rid of my ass. But don't be. You know, I have to have a meeting with you every Monday just and give me a letter grade on how I did. I mean, uh, I think that's childish. Okay, and why would that be in the newspaper? I wouldn't tell the newspaper things like that, what I do in staff meetings or what I do with my athletic director. Now, Ryan, you might agree, you might not, but, hey, I don't put in the newspaper every time I meet with my banker I, or, or talk about it on our shows. There's some things that are private. And uh, because the same person you're meeting with on Monday will call you in the next Monday and tell you we're decided to go a different way. 
So just get your get in the office and find out, call some people, ask some experts. What do you think we're doing wrong? People you respect in the coaching world. Uh, sometimes it's important to do that because sometimes you're so close to what you're seeing, you don't really see it. And uh, I would suggest that type of counseling. Yeah, that, I think that came from a question at the uh, in the press conference last Sunday evening, and so he was asked about what his relationship was like with uh, Lynn Swan, and then he he, he offered that stuff up. But uh, no, I, you know, I still don't think that. What is my relationship with Lynn Swan? Well, he's my boss. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I don't have to give him a, a description of you know what we do every Monday. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got one from Percy an email. He's U- the USC Cowboy coach. How do you explain the utter ineptitude with the staff? They were up 24 nothing, then revert to a prevent offense. What does it take to get this staff's attention that they better get this team to perform or they will be refreshing their resumes? Well, I would, I would hope they, they, they recognize. Uh, one thing you have to do is recognize what people are talking about, and you have to recognize as a coach what's good and what's bad. Now, if you think your team is really playing well and performing well in the offensive line and coverage and in all of the different things, pass protection and rushing the passer and containing and open field tackling and all these different things, if you think they're really doing well, then you got problems. Okay. Because you're not performing at the level that is expected of your team to perform. So, that's the first problem you got to have. You got to look and see just why some of these things are happening and why they're not playing at a, at a higher level or competing at a higher level or finishing the block. I used to say, would you please finish the block, son? The play's not done until the whistle blows. Okay. And, uh, a lot of people sit around watching what's going on or in pass protections, uh, the pride of protecting your quarterback, uh, all of those different type of things uh, are so important. You make other players look really good, and think I think also being ready to play a game, uh, not only just on the player side but the coach's side, as far as your game planning and everything you put together against the defense, as far as setting a formation and see how they cover it without running every different formation in the world. See what they're doing with the one, and then work on that formation by causing mismatches. I mean, uh, if you watch the Rams play, and I hate to use the NFL, they don't run a lot of different plays. They don't run a lot of different pass routes. They watch and see how you're going to cover, and if you're going to cover the back with a linebacker, my back's better than your linebacker, faster. Or whatever receiver, my tight end will be open if you're going to double cover this guy. It's just being able tic-tac-toe. And sometimes people just make it a little bit too confusing and they try to think and when you think too much and try to draw too many plays and look at the big cards and all this type of stuff uh, you get lost in the paperwork we had one from eric in duck country he said hey coach uh clay helton seems to be fine with the team struggling early in the season at which point in the season should a coach expect his team to be performing at its best thanks as always eric in duck country that's interesting What, what do you think well, I would, I would hope you can always win your first game, but you're really scared about your first game when you play your first game, but you really don't know what to expect. You've been playing against yourself so long, you don't know how good you are. And I kept mentioning that 
all along that the defense was getting all the raves because they were going against the offense, and they see that every day. So when you practice against a team that does the same thing over and over, you should be pretty good. Uh, after the UNLV game, I was very much concerned with the momentum of the game and the way the Rebels played against USC, and the USC really didn't break that open until actually the fourth quarter. Uh, the Rebels let him stay in the game when they missed that field goal, and there was a 10-point turnaround. Uh, I would have been very concerned before the next game against Stanford. Very difficult game. They went up to Stanford. Uh, they only scored three points in that game, and their offense really started to struggle there. I'd become very, very concerned. Right after the UNLV game and then after the way we didn't score in four quarters against Stanford, now Stanford plays great defense, but, hey, this is USC you got to score points. you got to be able to win football games and, and do the things that are necessary. They go to Texas. They can't convert to Texas. They can't move the football. Texas, you know, wins is four games. They won four games, but they're not any good. Watch Oklahoma play them this week. I mean, Oklahoma will get ready to play this week. Texas is a, a good football team. That's what it is, a good football team. But they're... Uh, <laughs> They could have won that game, but they found a way not to win that game. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. They just and you were there. They just found a way not to win that game. And they almost gave up at the end of the game. They couldn't stop the quarterback keep. They couldn't contain the quarterback. He ran up the middle. I mean, how many times do I keep? It sounds like a recording. Maybe I'd just go back and play last year's tape. <laughs> but you know, it's the same thing. And then I'd have become very, very concerned. And then Washington State, uh, Washington State just does it what they do, but they have a plan. Yeah. They have an they identity. Have, yeah. yeah. They know who they are, what type of athletes they get. They say, you can't get ready for us in one week. And obviously, they scored 36 points on USC. Now, I don't call that playing great defense, and I don't know how many interceptions or whatever, how they got the points or whatever now. But... You know, Washington State beat Utah last night. Uh, they've won, what, 10 straight home games in a row. That's tremendous for Mike Leach. But they got a plan. They know what they're doing. They know their athletes aren't that of what other people are. They have, what, almost 500 yards last night against the number one defense in the country, Utah? They'd only be giving up 12 points a game and 100 and some yards offensively, and they get 400 or 500 yards? They got a plan. They know how to attack it, and Utah couldn't get ready for that in a week. So they've got a purpose. They know it is the old days. It was the toss and this and that. Teams could not stop the physical part of USC. They just beat you to death. Finally, you'd want to surrender because they'd pound you, pound you, and the guys loved it. Run it one more time. 28 toss, 28 toss. And, and that was your identity. If you're going to play us, you better... Bring a lot of guys and bring a lot of ambulances because we're going to send you home in them. <laughs> and that's what the philosophy was. And you believed in that. And you had the pride in that. And you coached like that. And this was who you represented. And guys had that. But right now, I don't know what their pride is in. I don't know what their philosophy is. I don't know what their identity is. And I think that's what bothers all of us. Yeah, for sure. Uh We'll try to go through these last ones just quickly. Uh, the G wrote in, 
It's early in the fourth quarter, as I write, but I'm frustrated over the sloppiness of this team, particularly on penalties. Coach Hyde, how would you coach slash motivate these players in order to limit the number of penalties? Well, I don't know. I think it might be too late. I mean, these guys just do what they want. They fly off, you know. And if you touch me, it's always somebody else's fault. They're, they start talking, and you know, back and forth. And, hey, just turn around, shut up, and get back in the huddle, okay? You don't need to play. You want to be a broadcaster, you want to talk to somebody, go home and get on the phone. <laughs> I mean, you know, these guys just got to play and don't talk about it. And think that they, it goes back to them being a star. These guys are all stars. They're stars before they get to USC. They announce on national television. I'm going in, what's this, this hat, this hat, that hat. So now when they come, you know, you got to say, you got to take them all in a room, personally, I would think. Take them all in a room and say, okay, guys, we've been courting you for about two or three years now. Now it's, you're going to pay me back for the, the times we had. Yeah. Because right now, uh, you work for me, okay? And, game, and our work starts at this time. And in my thing, it's yes, sir, no, sir. You talk when I tell you to talk, and uh, you go to class and do what I tell you to do there, and you graduate, and everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And don't try to come in and tell me how you're not getting your time or how someone's you're getting screwed or this and that and everything else. But I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and then okay. once you get that done, then you might have a chance. All right. Uh, James and Tokyo. Then they'll all transfer. They'll all tra- <laughs> the transfer rule. There's doing that. Now, I'm a little surprised that USC didn't have anybody – fall into that four-game thing. Uh, that's a typical, like, kind of US thing, USC thing that would happen, and uh, they didn't. So, um, like, Auburn, I think, had, like, three people transfer out. Uh, James from Tokyo, I'm just going to read his email. It's not really a question. He said, what's up with all these penalties? We had way too many, and it's not acceptable. And what's up with the bad snaps? We've seen uh, we've seen enough already during the Washington State game. It's not acceptable. What's up with the bonehead play that led to the fumble right before the half? This game is extremely sloppy. And this can only mean poor coaching. Arizona is playing poorly uh, together, so we're not sweating it right now. I think he wrote this in the first half. Uh, but you cannot go on playing like this and expect to win big games. Yeah, James, I uh, could agree with you more there. That's what everyone's kind of sentiment is. Um, George wrote in, Coach. Now, this is he gave you like bullet points. So let's each give like three or four words to uh, to answer each of his bullet points. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. He said, okay, first bullet point. Has Helton lost this team? What do you think? Say it again. Has Helton lost this team? Hope not. Yeah. Uh, it's close. Uh, is there serious disagreement with Helton with, within the coaching staff? I suspect. Uh, I would agree. Does Helton have any support with Lynn Swan, and why won't he speak to the fans? That's hard to do in, like, four words. Um he has public support from Lin Swan, uh, but Lin Swan is just not a very public person as far as talking about his job. I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that, Coach. I would agree. Uh, he's invisible. Yeah, he's pretty invisible. He's been to about three practices this year. Uh, do you think that Clay Helton has lost the fans? Close. Yeah, almost a hundred. Like, yeah, like ninety percent of them, he's lost. I think. Uh, is it a measure of respect that the Pac-12 coaches did not vote Helton Coach of the Year in two thousand seventeen? 
Um, I, I don't think David Shaw should have won it. I think Helton would beat him twice. So I don't think Shaw should have won it, but I I necessarily think Helton should have won either. Well, I think that's saying that you got all the players. We expect more. Yeah. Good point. Um, was Petros correct? Is Helton using Western Kentucky as a model for USC? Papadakis was pretty convincing. There's a lot of elements to a more of a, a group of five team than a power five, not only just power five, but elite team. I would say there's too much from one spot. Yeah. And then the last one, he said, Notre Dame looks solid against Stanford. Do you think the Trojans compete versus those fellas? Not if you compare yesterday. <laughs> yeah, not at this point. Same thing. He says, uh, thanks. Is it possible that we're nearing the end of this bad dream? but <laughs> not forever. George. George, obviously not very happy. Um, there's a couple more I'll read real quick. Uh, Tom in the South Bay. Coach, what a pathetic performance in the second half. No life, no discipline. In your fifth game, oh, it's in your fifth game and you make so many silly mistakes. What is this? Uh, what is the coaching of this team? Uh, it seems like the, each game, the players don't know what the call is and who's at fault. Is it the quarterback or the coaching staff or the players themselves? Please, ex- uh, please explain. Yeah, there was that one with the uh, the snap that JT Daniel was trying to call timeout. I got in arguments with people on Twitter about that one. It just everyone looked confused, and then Tolobanon snapped it while it looked like they were trying to call timeout. It just would seem to be this. Just a big everyone. No one was on the same page to me on that one. I don't know what you saw, Coach. It was. Uh, I can't say it on uh, <laughs> the podcast, I but say I know a, what a I've said on F. the sideline. Okay, I know what I just <laughs> said on the sideline, but uh, yeah, uh, it was complete confusion. Okay, it was eight cars getting to an intersection at the same time, and no one knew what to do. Yeah, it was. It was pretty bad, and I get like. People were saying, well, they were trying to call timeout. I'm like, well, the reason they were trying to call timeout is because there was such confusion. It wasn't like the play was going swimmingly until the referees uh, didn't see you calling timeout or didn't grant you the timeout. Everything was a cluster at that point. That's why you were trying to call timeout. But uh, Right. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Cade uh, in Salt Lake City. Oh, Cade, I'll be coming out there in a couple of weeks. Uh, what did that – I've never been to uh, – that's the only Pac-12 stadium I haven't been to, Coach, is uh, in Utah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. He said, why yeah. did it feel like the most unwatchable game I've seen in the 13 years I've been watching USC football? Thanks, Caden and SLC. Probably the most unwatchable win or one of, maybe. I don't know about that. It wouldn't be the most unwatchable game, but un- unwatchable win, yeah. It would be in the conversation, I think. Well, I'll tell you what. You always want to win and win ugly. <laughs> but, man, I'll tell you, that was ugly. That was that was definitely a winning ugly. I think Dan wrote in his column, if the the, the term winning ugly wasn't uh, established yet, this would be a great game uh, for it. And you know, and I, it's like you don't want to be, you know, USC fans can be uh, cocky sometimes and can see whatever people will say things like that. But is it really? Oh, they're just complaining about a win. No, I mean, there's real problems, and it was. I mean, it, it was this was a real win that you can complain about. I think sometimes people complain about wins. And you're like, hey, that was a really good team. Like, get the win however you want. Like, if you want to complain about the Rose Bowl, hey, they gave up seven straight touchdowns. It's like, yeah, they beat Penn State. Like, you that you win that game, that erases any kind of problems to me during the game. But I, the problem is, Coach, the only, like, satisfying win left on the schedule 
to me is Notre Dame, right? Like, are you going to be that satisfied with like a close win in Salt Lake City over Utah again? Utah's 0-2 in the conference. You know, Colorado, they're undefeated, but their their, their opponent's combined record is 1-16. To me, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of upside left on the schedule outside of the Notre Dame game. Like, if you win ugly against Notre Dame, who cares? Like, you beat a top-five team, that's good. Like, it doesn't matter. But the rest of them, like... Outside of just blowing them out, I don't know if you can even come away feeling all that good about any of the other teams on the schedule. Well, we talked about that, I think, last week or one show I was on. I don't remember where it was, but I said last week that every game on their schedule was winnable before Notre Dame made that quarterback change. Uh, And unless USC plays better, I don't know if any game is winnable. I'm going to be honest with you uh, because everybody looks at that film, that tape. If I'm Arizona State and I look at that, I say, man, we can beat these guys. Yeah. If I'm Herd Edwards, if I'm Utah, I say, we can beat these guys. If I'm Colorado right now, I can't wait to play the game. I really can't. they got a game in between. But I'm going to say, I can't wait to play that game. Or even Cal. Cal's, what, 4-1? and one? I mean, really, there isn't a game team right now that I could think that is intimidated by USC. And, uh, yeah, they'll probably be favored in all of them, I would assume. Maybe not. I think they will, depending how the rest of the games go. Not Notre Dame. On. They won't be favored in yeah. Notre Dame. Yeah. No, no, no. But, I mean, in the in the games here so far, depending if they win or lose any of those games. But, you know, they could have they could have gone 10-2. and two. But now Notre Dame made a change, and they're really good. Yeah. I tell you, I think Notre Dame is really good. So we'll see what happens there. We got one last one. I'll just read you Keith, and if you have any thoughts, and we'll let you go. He said, okay, so win is a win is a win. Other than that, I can't recall watching a worse football game in quite some time. The play from both teams, the end game coaching on both sidelines, the utter lack of discipline from our Trojans, especially this was a game that stands as an utter embarrassment for the entire Pac-12 conference and for our USC Trojans, who do less with their talent than any college football team in the country. That's all I have. Sorry. Keith in New Jersey, who put in parentheses, the idiot who told you he was scared to death of Arizona back in late August. Well, I was never scared of Arizona. That's what makes it worse. Yeah, I think that I, he remember. wrote into this show, and and, and I, we were talking about like a trap game or something that Keith wrote in. Yeah, and you're I like, should, Arizona, you should never lose to them. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you got to be kidding me, you know? <laughs> I mean, really, what job, like I talk about, what job would you rather have, you know, uh, to go chat? So, uh yeah, it, that's where that's where the problem is. See, and uh, again, some someone's in his first year, and uh, you know you should be able to go down there and, and take care of business. Uh, my ex is bigger than your O. If I put my ex in the right position and my ex blocks your O, it ain't gonna work. We're gonna better than you are. Just just don't mess the, these kids up. Normally, John McKay used to say, and for your old timers out there, he used to say, "I got better players than you do." So if we do our job as coaches, you're not going to beat us. So, But if we screw it up as coaches, we're going to lose the game. And that's what he used to say on his television show. Every Sunday he'd sit there and say, well, coach, how are we going to do against Stanford? How are we going to do against Oregon? Well, those days Oregon wasn't very good. He'd say, well, my ex is better than their old. So if we get it done uh, coaching-wise, we're going to win. He would just flat say that. Yeah. We're going to win. Well, 
you know, that's because you had an identity and you believed in what you did with and you had great coaches. And if you watch Brian Kelly work and you watch the game last night, Brian Kelly stands there, folds his arms, talks a little bit. He pays both of his coordinators a, a million dollars or more a year. And if they don't get it done, he fires them. Okay. <laughs> fires them. Yep. Fires them right during the season and starts calling the plays again. Because he surrounds himself with great coaches, great people who have coached somewhere else. That's why they deserve a million dollars, okay? Now, USC will never make that commitment to have an assistant coach a million dollars, okay? That means, are they making the commitment to compete? So, you know, again, uh, maybe it's not all the coaching staff because they don't want to pay the coaches what's necessary to win. And so you got to look at the whole process. I think they should. But you watch Brian Kelly, he didn't do anything but just talks, and he goes over and talks to the quarterback, and he says, let's go for it. That's exactly what he said, let's go for it. They went for it. He didn't, and if the guy didn't make it, he told him exactly, uh, get your briefcase, uh, pack it up, and by the time the game's over, I want to make sure that you're out of the office. (laughs) Because when you make a million dollars a year, you're supposed to make fourth and two. And this is what you work under. It's the same thing where you want to go for heart surgery. The best doctor. You want the best doctor doing your knee. Well, it's the same type of surgery when you go on the field to play a football game. Who do you want doing surgery against the defense and offense? And that's well close. All right. Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Great stuff. Great thoughts. A lot of great questions. Um, we want to, you know, we're here to kind of answer them, but also just to let people sort of vent. We get a lot of people venting on our message boards, but this is a good way uh, either through voicemails or text or emails to let, you know, kind of get their thoughts out and let us talk about it. You know, so uh, hopefully it's a little bit of therapy for everybody. And I love that we do the show on Sunday now, coach, because we can kind of get it while it's fresh, you know, before we get anything else besides post-game stuff, we can just kind of talk about it fresh and uh, hopefully people enjoyed it. Good. And listen, don't forget to thank Southern California Ticket again because they can get it done for you. Yeah, Southern California Ticket, SoCalTix.com. Give them a call. And uh, the coach, give us a call on the podcast if you have any questions and stuff. We love listening to you. We love hearing from you. We love trying to answer them. So that's the coach. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Peristyle Podcast. And we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.